The podcast for regular Joes, couch potatoes, and self-proclaimed sports analysts that live sports. This is Mama's Basement Sports Talk with Shannon Coward. Every Monday through Friday, 1 to 2 p.m. Hey, yo. Thank you for listening to Friday's edition of Mama's Basement. I'm your host, Shannon Coward. We got a shorter podcast going into the weekend today, so let's get it. So I want to begin with the Super Bowl um, and Cam Newton. I want your feedback to let me know what you guys think is the storyline going into the Super Bowl, which is Sunday after this coming Sunday. Tell me what you think the storyline is. Is it a racial storyline? Is it that Cam is just too flamboyant? Let me know what you think about Cam Newton going into Super Bowl and what you think the storyline is. So, in my opinion, I think it's a little bit of both. I think some people just hate seeing him be a black man and enjoy himself, being flamboyant, being from where he's from. I don't think white people like that. And I think it, it is a mix. Some people are like, let Cam do his thing. And some people are like, Cam does too much. I, I look on Twitter and Facebook and all the other social media outlets and people are out there calling him the n-word saying they can't believe that the n-word got into the super bowl now that's taking away too far because we just had a a black man win a super bowl and go back to back super bowls but nobody said anything about him but now cam is out here he's putting it in your face now that people don't people don't just don't like to see him win and win how he does so tell me what you think about the storyline going into the super bowl as Starting next week, I'm going to give more stats and more information as we get closer to the Super Bowl. But for this weekend, I'm going to just toss it out to y'all and ask, what do you think the storyline is going up to the Super Bowl? So I want to leave y'all with a little something-something, though. So y'all might know Cam Newton is 6'6", 240 pounds. He's bigger than almost the whole Broncos defensive squad. There's only two players on the Broncos defense that's bigger than Cam. Cam ran a faster 40 than Le'Veon Bell at a 4.5-4.40. Cam Newton has a higher vertical than A.J. Green. And Cam Newton is bigger than J.J. Watt. That's an almost indestructible force. That's probably why people don't like him. It's mostly white people and older generations that don't like to see the dancing, don't like to see the dabbing, don't like to see him giving the balls away, don't like to see this person standing out more than a team. But look at these stats. Look at this dude's figure. Look at this man's body. It's ridiculous. And he has a lot more to give. He's getting smarter and stronger and faster. So I just want to leave you all some tidbits on those stats before we go to the weekend and before we move on. But since we're still talking about football, O.J. Simpson is still in jail. And this is a crazy story. The doctor from the movie Concussion, Dr. Alamalu, says that O.J. Simpson has has a concussion. And he will bet his medical license on the fact that O.J. Simpson has CTE. And these destructive decisions that O.J. is making are the results of CTE. 
See, I already had a problem with the movie because I felt like all the players already knew about concussions. Going all the way back to any given Sunday when LT saw stars every time he hit a player and the doctor told him, if you take one more hit like this, you might not be able to walk and you could possibly die. So the players themselves already knew CTE and concussions and the problems and the complications that can come with playing football, hitting and taking headshots. But ever since the movie Concussion came out, I've been questioning the doctor's motives. Is he bringing this out to bring fame and fortune to himself? Or is he bringing this out to let everybody know the dangers of sports and how we can make it safer? He, he doesn't even talk about girls soccer, which has more concussions than elementary and young boys football. But he doesn't talk about that because the sport's not, you know what I mean, it's not important and it's not popular. So he doesn't talk about that. But they have more concussions in young girls soccer. So when this came out, I questioned the doctor. I'm still questioning the doctor. He, he made a movie. He brought some enlightenment to the concussion protocol. Some something that the NFL players already knew, and now he's putting his medical license on the line for O.J. Simpson, saying that O.J. Simpson has CETE and that possible his destructive decisions have, are results of concussions. So give me your feedback. Let me know what you think about Dr. Alamalu and his and his research, his findings, what he's saying about concussions. Him putting his medical license up for bet on the fact that O.J. Simpson has CTE. Let me know. Give me some feedback. I'm interested to hear what you think about O.J. Simpson, Dr. Amalu, and the whole concussion situation in general. So what should the Cleveland Browns do with Johnny Menzel? That's the, the next question. I want your feedback. What do you think they should do with Johnny Menzel? A lot of ESPN pundits think that he should go to Houston or Dallas. Tell me what you think. Because Hugh Jackson already said that he wants to move on from Johnny Menzel. But the owner, Jim Harlan, says the relationship is fixable. So are, is the owner trying to trade Johnny? Is he trying to manipulate the, the system? Is he trying to manipulate the, the market? Let me know. I'm torn on this because I know Johnny needs to leave Cleveland because Cleveland is horrible. Any player who plays for Cleveland can understand that from top to bottom, the ownership, the GM... They, they don't get the pieces that the team needs to win a championship. They let their city down by even drafting, getting some of the players that they get. They don't develop players very well. So I can understand, even if you weren't sorry, even if you weren't drinking like Johnny Menzel, you would want to get out of Cleveland. But is Dallas really the place for him to go? Maybe. It's a lot of leadership there. Is Houston a good place to go? No, there's some leadership there. So... I'm torn. I don't know where he should go. I just know he needs to get the beep out of Cleveland. So let me know what you think about Johnny Menzel. Where do you think he should go? Who do you think would be the best fit for Johnny Menzel? With that being said, could the Raiders go to Las Vegas? The owners of the Sands Hotels are offering a $1 billion stadium on the campus of UNLV that holds 65,000 people in its indoor dome. UNLV has a $35,000 stadium or 35,000-seat capacity stadium in UNLV right now, and they're looking for a better facility to play their UNLV games. So this could possibly be a good marriage. Who knows? Let me know what you think about uh, 
the Raiders going to Las Vegas. That's a huge change, and I don't even know if they have the fan base to carry an NFL team and a college football team like that. So give me your feedback. Let me know what you think about um, the Raiders going to Las Vegas. So let's transition to the NBA. The All-Star Reserves were announced. So let's go down the list. Start with the East. So we have Chris Bosh from the Miami Heat. Jimmy Butler from the Chicago Bulls. DeMar DeRozan from the Toronto Raptors. Andre Drummond from the Detroit Pistons. Paul Millsap from the Atlanta Hawks. Isaiah Thomas from the Boston Celtics. And John Wall from the Washington Wizards. Big shout out to Andre Drummond and Isaiah Thomas for making their first All-Star appearance. Big shout out. They've been playing really well this year. Let's go to the West. We have... LaMarcus Aldridge from San Antonio Spurs, DeMarcus Cousins, Sacramento Kings, Anthony Davis, New Orleans Pelicans, Draymond Green from Golden State Warriors, James Harden from the Houston Rockets, Chris Paul from the LA Clippers, Klay Thompson from the Golden State Warriors. Big shout out to Draymond Green. Possibly could have been a starter this year, putting up crazy triple doubles and learning how to work with his team even better. Those are Great all-star picks. Let me know if you see, if you have some some snubs. I don't really see any snubs in this list, but I want to hear from you guys' opinion. Who do you think got snubbed, and who do you think should have made the all-star starters, and who do you think should have been on the all-star reserves? Let me know. Give me that feedback um, at mamasbasementsports at gmail.com. So the NBA trade deadline is rapidly approaching. It's February 18th, and... I want your feedback on who does your team need to compete for a world championship? Who do you have as an asset to trade to get the pieces you need for a world championship? There's a couple teams out there who are looking to make some changes. Sacramento Kings are looking to shop Rudy Gay. They need some young, quality players Rudy Gay has a $14.3 million contract for next year. And then on 2017 and 18, player option of another $13 million. So they're looking to get some players who have three or four years left on their contract, way cheaper, who can come in and produce and make a difference for the whole team. And the Atlanta Hawks are shopping Jeff Teague and Dennis Schroeder looking for a young guard who can come in, get everybody into their offense, be consistent, and move the ball around. Right now, that's what the Atlanta Hawks don't need. They need young players who can come in hungry and want to actually help the team move forward. So let me know. Give me some feedback about what your teams need to do. You know I'll dive deeper into the assets that are available as we get closer to the trade deadline, which is February 18th again. So as we continue talking about the NBA, I wanted to bring up the new revamped playoff structure of the WNBA. Now they have it where the top 16 teams play regardless of conference and division. So I'm interested in hearing your feedback on what we should do with the NBA playoff. Should we do it like the WNBA? I think in the past there have been problems with traveling. Um, there wasn't that much money being made in basketball, so it didn't make sense. But now it makes a lot more sense. Locale really doesn't matter. And plus, every year we see that there's a conference weaker than the other conference, and they always allow 
two to three teams in with an under 500 record. So moving it could be beneficial to the NBA, but maybe we should watch what happens with the WNBA to see how it worked out. Give me your feedback and let me know what you think the NBA should do if they should do anything at all. Should just Maybe they should just keep it how it is. Let me know what you think. So before we leave the NBA, I want to talk about Blake Griffin from the Los Angeles Clippers punching his friend and equipment manager from the same team in the face and breaking his hand. I want some feedback on what they should do with Blake Griffin. The question is, should they really trade him? That's the real question. Like, I understand those fine suspensions, but do you need Blake Griffin on the team? Blake Griffin and Chris Paul have, have been having problems ever since they've been on the same team. I have sources from North Carolina that says Chris Paul and Blake Griffin don't get along, and they never have. They don't really like each other. Like, it's not about getting along. They don't even like each other. So moving forward, should the Clippers get rid of Blake Griffin? Even though Blake Griffin is really the better player, but should they get rid of him? And I'm wondering, what do the Clippers really need to help them get over the hump? Because as of right now, they cannot compete for a world championship. So I need some feedback on what they should do with Chris Paul and Blake Griffin. And if they get rid of Blake Griffin, where's a good place? What would make sense for the Clippers? Because you need to get maximum pieces and assets for somebody like Blake, uh, Blake Griffin or Chris Paul. So give me your feedback on what you think they should, the future of the Clippers are and what um, what they should do with Blake Griffin. So I want to just uh, make sure that you guys go check out Serena in the Australian Open this weekend. That's probably one of the bigger matches or games of all sports. She's looking to be one of the first tennis players to go through a, a major with not losing a set. She's gone and beat everybody straight sets. Like I said, I don't think nobody can beat her if she's playing at the top of her game and she doesn't get inside her own head. That's her her main problem is she gets in her own head, she puts herself down instead of having a short memory. Every other sport in the whole world, you have to have a short memory. You can't let a mistake cost you a match or a set. You just can't get down on yourself. You have to pick yourself up, keep working harder, keep moving forward, and keep playing games. There's nobody can beat Serena. So I want to give a shout-out to Serena. I want to make sure everybody tunes in to watch Serena. Australian Open this weekend. That's a big deal. Also, check out Djokovic. This might be a historic year for Djokovic. He's looking very strong. He's looking fast, and he's looking motivated. He's he's really focused. And that's what I would say Serena and Djokovic this year are very focused Djokovic, I don't see anybody on the men's side who can beat Djokovic. He's improved his game so much that he's an all-around player, a very hard serve. His volley is incredible. He moves side to side. He's 6'3". He can move with a long wingspan. So I want you guys to watch tennis this weekend. Um, Two historic players looking for historic years. Both of them can win calendar Grand Slams. It will be incredible. You heard it here first. But be on the lookout for Djokovic and Serena this weekend, Australian Open. I want to talk about college basketball a little bit. Um, Kansas looking good. Oklahoma. This year is crazy. You cannot predict it. I don't even... Like, I have to see these number lines in Vegas on how much money Vegas is winning this year because you do not, you do not know who's going to win. Buzzer beater shots, crazy plays. 
there's some good games going this weekend, so I just want to um, shoot you guys towards watching college basketball. This year is crazy, and as we get closer to March, especially next month, I will be diving deeper into special players, special teams, uh, players you don't even know about, teams that can be bracket busters, teams that can be on a bubble that not get in. We'll talk about more about Ben Simmons. Should the first team it – de- it depends on whoever has the first um, pick in the NBA draft this year, but who should go number one if you already have big uh, versatile guards at number one? Do you get Ben Simmons or do you go somebody um, bigger? Buddy Heald. Should you pick Buddy Heald over Ben Simmons? That's a, a pretty good argument. Seeing the numbers he put up, seeing how much he's improved his game in four years, and he has his team number one. Um, I definitely need feedback on your favorite college teams, favorite college players, some of the underrated teams, some teams we don't even know about yet, like uh, uh, Davidson, like who will come and tear up the tournament. So give me some feedback and let me know um, your take on college basketball and who's going to win the national championship. I picked Duke earlier, but that that pick is looking more and more scathed because without Jefferson, we think we have no inside presence. But I'm going to stick to my Duke. I feel like a couple big wins can turn around everything. We're playing the ACC. It's stacked. It's a couple big wins and it can change everything. But we have to improve on defense, and we have to get better on passing the ball and moving without the ball. But I would like to hear your feedback on who you think is going to win the national championship. So another short podcast, since we don't have that many sports playing. Football only has one more game left. Basketball is going on their way to halftime. We have tennis just starting, and we'll be getting more into soccer as we get closer to the 2016 Olympics. But, again, thank you guys for listening. I appreciate you guys. Give me feedback on what I need to do to help my podcast get better. Give me some feedback on um, teams that you like, sports that we probably never even heard of. I'm, I'm just trying to hear from you guys. You can send me a message at mamasbasementsports at gmail.com. Again, thank you, thank you, thank you. And one more thing. Stay cool in mama's basement. Peace.